Well, a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live on this March 27th, 2020. I'm Jim, and Cheryl is on her way just around the corner, so she'll be here shortly. Um, but again, want to thank you for being here on this uh, lovely Friday. Again, I hope you're getting getting outside and enjoying this beautiful early spring weather. Um, yesterday was a beautiful day, and I thought today was supposed to rain, but apparently not. It's just a gorgeous day outside and a special day, a very, very special day. Um, I don't know if you had the opportunity. I, I pray you did at 1 o'clock this afternoon when Holy Father Pope Francis had a worldwide holy hour, and uh, we were always blessed enough through our affiliation with EWTN to bring that to you here on our domestic church media stations and all of our platforms that we have here. Um, I was watching it here in the studio while we were playing it and, and just very touched uh, at the starkness of what I saw. You know, I've been in St. Peter's Square, as I'm sure many of you have, uh, and you know it's always filled with people. But to see just the figure of our Holy Father there in his, uh, in his uh, white vestments and uh, his, uh, I guess it was his master of ceremonies that is there with him, was there with him, and then... The prayer, the homily, the, the, the uh, exposition of the Blessed Sacrament in the, the atrium of St. Peter's Basilica. Um, a very powerful hour. So, again, I, I pray that uh, you were able to participate in that. And if you were, you, know, you follow the, the, uh, the um, conditions, uh, you can receive a plenary indulgence. You did receive a plenary indulgence. So... Anyway, we're going to have a lovely program for you today. Uh, also today, a special day here at uh, Domestic Church Media as an EW10 affiliate. Today is the fourth anniversary of the passing of Mother Angelica. So next year will be her fifth year. I haven't heard anything, but, uh, you know, after five years, a, a uh, person's cause for canonization can be opened. So I'm going to keep that in prayer between now and next March 27th. And pray that uh, Mother's Cause for Canonization will be opened. Uh, joining us a little later on this hour will be Julie Cragen. I believe that's how you pronounce her name. She's written a, a lovely book. When it came across my desk, I said we have to have her on. It's called Bless My Grandchild, and it's uh, published by Ave Maria Press. And just beautiful prayers that a grandparent can pray for his or her grandchild throughout life, uh, in, in utero and for the rest of uh, their you know experiences in life. So we'll have Julie joining us a little later this hour. Jim is here with the weather. I believe we're going to play Saint of the Day. Uh, and then next hour, our good friend Father Jim Grogan will give the uh, reflection on Sunday's gospel for the fifth Sunday of Lent. And then Father Jim will join us at 530. I invited him back um, to uh, give us some spiritual survival skills during these times that we find ourselves in. You know, you hear a lot about the physical survival and protection and defense against the virus. But I've asked Father Jim to come on and give us some spiritual survival tactics that we can use. So Father Jim will be here. Also, you know, our text line is open, and I thought it might be interesting to, to find out from you along the way, uh, kind of bouncing off of Father Jim's uh, topic there. If you want to text us here at the uh, station, we get the text uh, real time. Uh, how are you spiritually surviving? What are you doing? Uh, to survive this situation. You know, it's tough because we can't go to Mass, a public Mass. We certainly can watch and listen and make those spiritual communions. But 
not being able to go to to mass and receive the Eucharist is a, is a, a an enormous sacrifice. And just the other uh, spiritual activities, community spiritual activities that we may be so used to, whether it be a you know a, a rosary group or a Bible study or something. So how are you? spiritually surviving. You text your, your answers to us here or your, your uh, input to 609-493-8255. That's our text number here, 609-493-8255. Throughout the program, just shoot me a text and let me know how you are spiritually surviving during these uh, challenging times. Now, Let's pray, uh, and again, I, I, I hope that you were with us earlier today when we brought you Holy Father Pope Francis's uh, Holy Hour from St. Peter's. It was a beautiful, beautiful, um, powerful hour, and uh, you know, it was televised by EWTN. I was able to pull it up here on EWTN.com in the studio and watch it on the computer while we broadcast you the audio, and... Um, uh, just very, very touching. And Holy Father, he's 83 years old, you know, and it was raining in, in Rome today. And as I said uh, earlier uh, during the broadcast, you know, when P- St. Pope John Paul II came to the U.S. back in 1995, it rained almost every every day and pouring rain many times. I remember at uh, Giant Stadium and at, at the uh, racetrack and just pouring rain. But he would often say throughout that pilgrimage, Water is a sign of God's mercy, and so God's mercy was being poured down on St. Peter's today. So let's say our prayers. Uh, We are praying this prayer that Holy Father has written um, to our Blessed Mother, seeking her intercession uh, against this coronavirus. So uh, we'll pray this and then our other other prayers. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So let us pray. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. And we ask this and all things in Jesus' name. Amen. And our prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. We pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray, pray for, for us, us, Venerable Archbishop Sheen. Pray, pray for, for us, St. Pope John Paul II. Pray, pray for us. us, Our Lady of Good Remedy. Pray, pray for, for us. us. In a special way today, Mother Angelica, pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, 
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And again, friends, if you have uh, any um, uh, any activities or, or things you've been doing to stay spiritually, uh, sur- uh, sp- survive spiritually, you can text us at 609-493-8255. And you know, it was beautiful during the Pope's uh, Holy Hour and the prayer, and, and uh, as you're praying that prayer given to us, that's exactly what he did first. He prayed at the um, at front of Mary. He prayed. Right, the to, image, the icon. Right. That normally is over at St. Mary Major, they said, right? Right, right. And then at the foot of the cross. I mean, right, right mm-hmm. out of the prayer. And he, 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 you know, as I said, he's 83 years old, and, and he, I know he has a hip problem. Yeah. Or sciatica, and you could, could see you that. Could you just feel the weight of the monstrance mm-hmm. when he was going Yeah, he was to coming put, back. Yeah. I know. I thought, oh, yeah. But I think, uh, you know— uh, over the past couple of weeks, he's been such a great spiritual leader, uh, not just with Catholics, but the entire world, in, in bringing everybody together and, and using the media, really, and encouraging the media to get involved in this. And, um, uh, you know, I know he's had, he, there have been some issues by some people with him, but I, I think that we're seeing uh, something very special happening here. And I think, I, and I pray that many people who maybe have had a little bit of difficulty with Pope Francis saw and are seeing these these during these very difficult times that he he is he is who god wants to be there mm-hmm. right now you know and we're all playing uh, praying for our leaders mm-hmm. and the leadership of both the spiritual world um catholics and otherwise and then of course the, the secular um administration mm-hmm. and i think the people that are are there now are, are there for this time and doing wonderful things mm-hmm. in the Considering what they have to, the the you know cards that they've been dealt, right, and the weight of all this on yeah. uh, on a couple. Really, I, I see President Trump and Pope Francis a lot of times. I see a lot of similarities mm-hmm. between how they're treated and right. mistreated, and uh, mm-hmm. just hanging tough and and doing what they need to do. So we just you know, God is in control. God is in charge, and we don't have to put any any. any there's no worries, and as Holy Father said, and I I, I love the reading that he used. Uh, about our Lord in the boat during the storm, and just kind of asleep, asleep astern, mm-hmm. as they say, and uh, calming the seas, and said, "Why were you, why were you afraid?" You know. So anyway, we'll just keep praying for that. Uh, we'll take a musical break. When we come back, uh, Julie Cragen, and I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, mm-hmm. She's written a book called "Bless My Grandchild," a beautiful book of prayers that grandparents can p- pray for their grandchildren throughout their life. And uh, when I this first came across. Uh, my desk, I said, we have to have Julie on. So we'll get <laughs> Julie on the phone. And uh, I have taken the liberty um, of selecting a couple of songs here. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I, had to, I, don't, I didn't even know what they are. I just, by title, I thought, well, this is good because this we, sounds just, good. we just came off a holy hour. And this one's called, I Love to Be in Your Presence, Lord. Sounds good to me. All right. So stay where you are. More to come. We'll be right back with Julie Craig and stay right where we are. Love to be in your friends. 
Okay, if you can't judge a song by its title, I suppose. <laughs> no, you absolutely. I thought that was going to be more Eucharistic in nature. <laughs> Lord, I love to be in your presence. Wow. Well, Apparently now that not. we've got your attention. All right, well, that's good. Uh, <laughs> we want to welcome Julie. Uh, Julie Cragen is the co-owner and manager of St. Mary's Bookstore and Church Supply in Nashville, Tennessee. And she's the author of a number of books called Bless My Child. As I said, when this book came across my desk, I said, I have to get Julie on. Cheryl and I love being grandparents. And this is a perfect book, Bless My Grandchild, a Catholic prayer book for grandparents by Julie Craig. And Julie, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so I will imagine that you're a grandparent as well. I am. I'm grandmother of one, our first, and she's 14 months old. Oh, so was she the inspiration behind the book? Oh, definitely. (laughs) She's the inspiration from the minute I heard that my daughter was expecting. We started praying for her and... And um, from the book, Bless My Child, where we prayed, you know, our children mm-hmm. and the other children we came in contact with through life, we, uh, you know, I, I put together Bless My Grandchild. So mm. That's beautiful. And, you know, Cheryl and I, we are grandparents of two beautiful little children. They're one and three years old. And same thing, you know, the minute, the minute you, you find out, you find out that there's a grandchild on the way, everything changes, everything shifts. And, and then when you finally get a chance to meet him or her, I always say it's like you, you don't even know you had all this love and reserve that all of a sudden comes out that, that was just there for that purpose. Now, are so you true. are you blessed enough that the uh, grandchild is close to you, as in geographically? Because um, some some people, I think it's such a hardship when they're miles and miles apart. Yeah, ours is an hour and a half. So, okay. you know, she's a little ways, but not, you know, it's it's definitely doable you know, in a day. So that's, that's not a problem. But, you know, I, I tell you a lot of things too happened with this book, which has really been very beautiful for uh, my spiritual life as well as others. And that is all the years that people have been coming in the store and, you know, asking us to um, pray with them for their children and their grandchildren. And that's really a lot of where um, these prayers have have come from my, my mother has 25 grandchildren and 13 great grandchildren so far and you know it's been you know her uh, prayers for her grandchildren as well as like I said our our customers I mean how blessed we are that people are open enough to come in and and just really ask us to pray with them for their children and their grandchildren so that's been a true blessing because obviously when you when you look at the book there's prayers all the way up until you know, your child gets married and then, and then they're, you know, they take over, so to speak, and you, you continue on with the prayers. But, but so I wouldn't know about that for a grandchild, but but for all the times that we've prayed for, for other people's grandchildren, they're, they're all through this book, which has really, you know, been a blessing for, for everyone. Yeah. I was going to ask when you, when you said you, your grandchild was 14 months, I thought, well, you, your book goes all the way up. So how did you come about that? But you have obviously a great resource in your own mom <laughs> with all, right, all the grandchildren. Right, that's and the, right. And, yeah. And, and her, and, and, you know, like I said, just all the beautiful, wonderful people who have come through, you know, our lives, especially with the, 
you know, having the Catholic store here in Nashville, um, you know, and have, have joined us in, in prayer. It's been really a it's been really a wonderful journey, and I hope it continues for a long time. It sounds like a true ministry. You know, it's not just your gift shop or your bookstore. It's it's really ministerial and pastoral. I think people would come in and right away feel like there's um, a comfort zone there, a safety zone. Like here we are with like-minded people. You wouldn't go into maybe your average like corner market and say, you know what, would you pray for me? Like, we hesitate to do that. You wouldn't but... in New Jersey anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you maybe... wouldn't here either. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. And there's pages and pages of um, just the table of contents. You have a prayer for absolutely every scenario. Is one jumping out at you now and just retrospect in writing the book that either touched your lives or really was either a favorite prayer or maybe give witness to somebody that did come in the store and, and right away that prayer went right to pen? Right. And I think... Um... You know, so often we're asked to pray when a child is sick, mm. um, you know, more so than, you know, during their joys or during their happy times. So a lot of the um, the prayers that, that I have um, been most touched by are when people have asked us to pray when, you know, when their grandchild or their child has been, um, has been sick or like, you know, when a mom has struggled to give birth and, you know, the grand mother or father is absolutely distraught about, you know, they know they're right across the street in the hospital and they're struggling. And, mm. you know, I, I have um, the saints paired with several of the different prayers. And and it's, it's really a wonderful thing to discover the richness of the saints, the intercessions, the, you know, praying with the saints for um, different purposes for our, our children and our grandchildren. And, and one of my favorite ones, and my mother's as well, was finding that that St. Um, Colette, who, you know, only because, really because she simply stopped at a friend's house because she knew her friend was ready to give birth. And then the, immediately when she discovers that there's a struggle, she goes to the church and prays for the child and the grandchild, and, and I mean, the, the um, mother and the child. And, of course, you know, the story is that they they were both, uh, came through it just fine. The, the daughter uh. grows up and, and becomes, um, you know, a part of um, St. Colette's um, convent. Mm-hmm. Oh, but wow. The, the wonderful part about that is to know that we in our, you know, just visiting someone, just listening to someone, mm-hmm. just talking with someone, using that time to say, hey, listen to what they're saying mm-hmm. and know that you can go in prayer for that person. You can, you know, intercede to, to God for them or, you know, and, and through our Blessed Mother for them. And that, you know, those those type things are really the, the part when you're just going, I can do this too. Like mm-hmm. I can be a part of this. Right. I, we're all called to be a part of this. It's Absolutely. meant to be. Mm-hmm. And it really so unites us as family. You know, we'll, we'll send a little card, God bless your growing family. Some families don't realize how large that family is. And then when you pull mm-hmm. in the stories of the saints, they realize, my goodness, the communion of saints, the guardian angels. We have so much support. It is. It's beautiful. We have such a rich faith. It's We're very fortunate. And you know, especially now with, you know, all the things going on in, in our world. And, you know, we're just really fortunate to be a large community and yet 
a community, a small community, you know, mm-hmm. within our within our own little group. You know, mm-hmm. you you and I talking here, you in New Jersey, and us in in Nashville. It's just it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking with Julie Cragen, and she's written a book called "Bless My Grandchild," a Catholic prayer book for grandparents, published by Ave Maria Press. It's Ave Maria Press. Dot com, and uh, Julie, you know, as I'm looking through the book, you mentioned that you you do on some of these prayers uh, it, um, bring up certain saints for certain co- certain reasons, certain causes. You also give a little a little background on the saints too, so that's good. That's a good idea, right? And that kind of helps other people understand why we pray to different saints. You know, if non-Catholics and Catholics alike, you know, to understand their story, to understand that we are a part of of that story mm-hmm. and in our own journey. And it, it really helps to um, understand why we can, they can intercede for us um, for different purposes in our lives and in the lives of our children and grandchildren. And, you know, at the end too, we, we also um, include many of the rote prayers, you know, that we use. Cause as you know, sometimes when you're distraught or when you're sick or when you're um, you know, someone that you love is, is in pain, it's hard for you to, to pray. Mm-hmm. And we rely on those those prayers that we've known from our youth to, that we can just repeat over and over and over. And they not only comfort us, but they, they bring the people that um, we love so much yeah. to Christ, which is, you know, is, is just a, um, a beautiful thing in our faith. And I did pair the um, many of the rosh- parts of the rosary and the stations of the cross, as well as some of the chaplets that we pray, mm-hmm. you know, for specific needs um, of our grandchildren. And, I, you know, I just think that's for us to use our sacramentals to help one another and to, to um, be with each other on our journey. I, I just think we're, we're just extremely blessed to have mm-hmm. all that. I remember when my mom, now she passed away almost 10 years ago, but she she would have in her little, little prayer corner there in her house, uh, her prayer cards, her prayer book, her rosaries. And she would just spend a good a good part of her day praying for not just her children, but she had she had eleven grandchildren, uh, praying for them. And, and as as now as, as mentioned, we you know as grandparents, I find myself in my prayer, of course, including my grandchildren. And I think the prayers of a grandparent must be very very powerful um, because they're they're just they're not they're they're not distracted at all. They're totally focused on that child. Right, right, right. I know that you know you think about raising your own kids, and it's all the hurry and hustle and bustle. And, and that's part of the reason why I wrote Bless My Child was that during all that, you know, to have those simple little stops in the middle of the day or, or early in the morning, you know, before anybody rises to pray individually for each child as they as they go through life. And, and you're right, the, that life seems so much more hurried than mm-hmm. when you start having grandkids and you're like, okay, I can breathe. I have moments <laughs> by myself. I'm mm-hmm. just with my husband. You know, mm-hmm. all those times when, like you say, it it seems so much more powerful. Yeah, and you look back on even raising your own children, and the time just passed. It seems to have passed so fast, but the time you spend with your grandchildren, and and again praying for your grandchild, grandchildren, uh, are, are, I guess they're they're just not distracted. There's you're, you're totally focused on who they are when you go visit them. That's it. That's that's what that, this is what I'm here for. You know, mm-hmm. that's it. And, right. and you, you, so the best it's, part of it, and we love it, right? <laughs> absolutely. So again, friends, the book is called "Bless My Grandchild: A Catholic Prayer Book for Grandparents," published by Ave Maria Press. That's Ave Maria Ave Maria Press dot com. Julie Craigan is the author and uh, has compiled these beautiful prayers. 
Um, and, and Julie, I think what a, what a, what a great a great gift this is, I think, for especially any grandparent, but uh, a new grandparent, a grandparent-to-be, a um, new grandchild coming on, because you, you do include all kinds of prayers for, as I said, every state in life of the child. Maybe the next book is How to Pray for Your Great-Grandchildren. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From Our Mouth to God's Ears. Back around, right? Yeah. yeah. That's right. So wonderful, wonderful work. Now, I, I also am just curious, before we let you go, as, as a Catholic bookstore owner, you're in a lot of competition these days with online. Do you find that it's a different a different environment than when you first opened the store? Or? Oh, it's yeah, it's definitely yeah. a different environment. And, and I'll tell you, it changes we change our store every year to try to figure out what can we do, you know, to bring people closer to Christ. What what are we supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. I, I mean, and that's what that's really what it is. You know, mm-hmm. it's we might have to cut back on books and and increase, you know, rose, or we might have to, you know, cut back on you know the amount of crucifixes and increase the mm-hmm. amount of books. It really just it's it's almost it's such a great challenge yeah. you know for not only a business aspect but from you know a spiritual aspect like right. what are we here for for we really just started this 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 year oh. we started having a book club mm-hmm. at night for however long it was the, the first one was 7 weeks the next one will probably be a little bit less but it was our first you know pilot of doing something like that where we are in the center we're in midtown Nashville, and mm. you know what can we do to bring other people from other parishes all together in a little space, and do something spiritual? So we're just constantly changing and turning over things of what are we here for? What are we mm. supposed to do? And okay. and are we supposed to be here? Mm. So far, the good Lord has said yes. You're in the right spot, and you know that's you're right. doing the right thing. But it is. You know, a, I mean, it, you have to constantly. Go over all of that right. every single year. Yeah, right. it, to be creative. It is. It is it's a right. gift to the church, and it's, it's a, it is a ministry, as Cheryl said earlier, not strictly Absolutely. a business, which is great. You provide a great service. So keep writing, Julie. We, we love it. And again, friends, well, the, book, the book is called Bless My Grandchild, a Catholic prayer book for grandparents, published by Ave Maria Press. AveMariaPress.com is their website. Julie, God bless you. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Have a great day. Stay well. You too. Thank you. You too. You too. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. And, friends, you stay where you are. We're going to come back with more. Don't worry. I picked another song, so we'll have to see what it is. Uh, This one should be the right one. It's (laughs) Holy God, We Praise Thy Name. Oh, that should be okay. All right. Okay. Right back. Don't go away.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Alrighty, that means it's time for Domestic Church Media Meteorologists giving us a gorgeous early spring day today. Jim Hoffman. Hey, Jim, welcome. Hello, how are you? Hi, Jim. Thanks a lot. If you had anything to do with that, it's practically a summer day outside. I had everything to do with it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> we appreciate Very that. Very good. We appreciate You're that. doing great work. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Yeah, actually, you know, I was, I was looking at the, the weather from last Friday, too. Last Friday, if you remember, we were up in the uh, upper 70s to around 80 in some places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, I hope this... Uh, this stretch of Good Friday, you know, continues. <laughs> it, it would be nice, but people can't do anything or go anywhere. <laughs> Although, yeah. you know, I got to tell well, you, you can... this disturbed me. I was driving I dr- out of our neighborhood today, and there was a woman walking her dog with a mask on. There was not another soul in in the in the in, mm. in the area. The weather was beautiful, and I'm thinking, why do you have that mask on? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just didn't make any sense. Yeah. I... So I, I, I walked into ShopRite yesterday, and I, I thought I had walked into a local hospital. Everyone was wearing gloves and masks. Really? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Got to wear your, wear your hazmat suit in the fr- produce department. Yeah. <laughs> huh? You know what I noticed, Jim, now? I, I try to f- find a different place to walk. I, I get bored walking my neighborhood. So I went to a park that um, in Bucks County. You couldn't even get into the parking lot. It was all barricaded off, you know, with orange cones and a sign that wow. said closed. You could see in the distance. I understand the playgrounds. They were wrapped in that yellow caution tape, you know, like something horrible happened there. But the, the playgrounds are, are probably a breeding ground and the kids will carry it. But um, and today on my way here, I pass a couple of parks all closed. Mm. So, you know, they want you to get out and go walking. But. I guess I got to walk around the block. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've um, definitely have seen a lot of people out there walking for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I, I guess the, the the good side of this, if, if there is any, is that it's forcing families to uh, get together and stay together and right. communicate. And <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so it's um, yeah. If there's any uh, you know benefit from what's going on, yeah. I think right. Yeah, hopefully that that's one of them. And we, we do try to find the good. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go down and play. We'll find some board games. All I had was Candyland. So. Yeah, we played it for about an hour or two. Then. And we kind of got bored of it. Didn't we? <laughs> so, so, you know, the, so the way my mind works is, you know, we, we've got to look maybe two months from now to see if the birth rate goes Well, uh, actually nine months from now to see if the right. birth rate goes that's up. That's they say. Right? On a that's Christmas babies, say. maybe. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And also the divorce rate. <laughs> you know, you might have. And we're praying for so many people. We're praying for the medical workers, those people on the front battle lines. But pray for those who maybe were, were on the fringe of divorce or something, and now they're stuck home together. It's not a funny thing. but right. Now, Jim, you, you and Jack, yeah. you're home. You have, you have children home with you still, right? Yeah, so um, we have—I um, actually work from home again. So, okay. Um, I've been working from home for a few months now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's been it's been Jackie and I, and the kids have all been out at school. Okay. Uh, so since since the you know the lockdown has happened, mm-hmm. um, my daughter who goes to Villa Victoria is now home doing virtual work. I call it virtual Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> and my son goes to Steiner. He's uh, doing homework virtually from home. Yeah. And then I have two college students, one who goes to 
LaSalle, he's virtual. And then my daughter, Grace, who goes to Franciscan University, she's virtual as well. Oh, wow. So every, all the kids are, five of the seven kids are, no, f- uh, four of the seven kids are home. Yeah so, yeah, so how's that working out? I just think of the computer storage or, or usage. Yeah, it's 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 working out okay so far. You know, we're 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 getting along. <laughs> That's good. Well, the, um, you know, in our home, it's Cheryl, me, and the cat. That's right. We're getting ah. along. We're getting along. Sometimes she puts the cat out. Sometimes she puts me out. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> Depends on whose company she'd prefer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at least the weather's you know, nice. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? I said at least the weather's nice when she puts me outside these days. Anyway. That's right. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's been a, a crazy week. Remember Monday we had torrential rain. Mm. Uh, it was light, light in the morning, and then uh, in the afternoon it really came down. Uh, just north of us, well, north of New Jersey and in, in sort of central New York State, and uh, over into uh, New Hampshire, uh, they had quite a bit of snow out of that one. Yeah. Uh, nice Wednesday rain. Um, Thursday was nice. It rained this morning, and but it's nice again. We eked out a a really nice day, and so what a what a great segue into the forecast. There so right go. now, if we look outside, the temperatures are very very nice. Sunny weather. Ewing is 66. Freehold, 68. Hamilton, 67. Hamilton, 66. Cape May, 58. And for those of you watching at one o'clock Eastern time, saw the blessing, the Pope's blessing. Um, it was raining rain in in Rome, uh, yeah. in Rome. and but that rain has moved off to the west, and right now it's partly cloudy in Rome. Uh, temperature at 54 degrees. Uh-huh. So forecast in our neck of the woods, partly cloudy tonight, low around 40. Saturday rain, mainly in the uh, late morning into the afternoon, high near 50. Saturday night, that rain continues, low 45. Sunday, rain all day with a chance of thunderstorms in the afternoon. Cloudy with a high near 65. Sunday night, slight chance of showers and thunderstorms continuing into the evening, partly cloudy. Low around 48. And then Monday, first day of the work week, mostly sunny. Looks like a nice, another beautiful day with a high near 63 degrees. Mm. And taking a sneak peek at the next week, looks like Tuesday's going to be sunny. High around 57, maybe a little chance of rain on Wednesday. But the rest of the week looks good with highs in the upper 50s and lows in the 40s. Well, wow. it is, uh, I guess, April 1st is next Wednesday, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. so... We're getting better, yeah, getting better. I think yeah. I think we have we have no fear of snowstorms now anyway, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy winter. Um, I, as I said, I called it a perpetual fall. <laughs> that's right, right. True. Really, this this year we haven't had any any no. snow to speak of. No, not at all, so, not at all. Well, maybe listen, you know, Mother Nature is waiting for next year. Perhaps, perhaps <laughs> it's been it's been an odd year so far. So oh, I'll say, I'll say. <laughs> anyway, listen, you and Jackie and the fam have a great time together and uh, enjoy each other's company. And I know you do because you're a great family. So we appreciate all you do for us, Jim. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, and thank you very much. God bless. Have a beautiful weekend. Thank you. We'll see bye you next bye week. Bye bye. All bye right, bye. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. They're heroic and virtuous, living in sanctity. But just what went on earth, they were just like you and me. And now they're the saint of the day. Saint of the day. Uh, all right, saint of the day.
Now, last week we didn't play Save of the Day because we got chatting. We did get busy chatting, and it was all the excitement and hype and yeah, so, panic. And, and I'm looking at, well, we have time to play Santa today. Let us do it. So we'll play Santa today. This is the this is the uh, the gig here. You, you, Cheryl's going to give you clues about a particular saint, uh, not the liturgical saint of the day. Uh, it is a saint that we have chosen to be our saint of the day. Listen carefully, and uh, when you think you know who it is, just jot it down or keep it in mind. And when Cheryl says this is the last clue, then and only then can you call in and take a guess. And the number to call is 609-493-TALK. That's 609-493-8255. But don't call until Cheryl says this is the last clue. So, again, the number 609-493-8255. Now let's play Saint of the Day. This saint was born in Germany around the year 1098 to a family of the free lower nobility. Sickly from birth, she is traditionally considered the youngest of 10 children, and from a very young age, she had experienced visions. Perhaps due to her visions, her parents offered her as an oblate to the Benedictine monastery. She became, eventually became the Benedictine abbess, was also a writer, composer, philosopher, Christian mystic, visionary, and polymath. She is considered to be the founder of scientific natural history in Germany. I think she was the first Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, that, that's my commentary. Okay. <laughs> okay, that was my commentary. She says that she first saw the shade of the living light at the age of three, and by the age of five, she began to understand that she was experiencing visions. She saw all things in the light of God through the five senses, sight, hearing, taste, smell, and touch. She was hesitant to share her visions. Between 1147 and 1148 at the Synod, uh, Pope Eugenius heard about her writings and her visions. It was from this that she received papal approval to document the visions as revelations from the Holy Spirit. In 1179, when she died, her sisters claimed they saw two streams of light appear in the skies and cross over the room where she was dying. Her works include volumes of visionary theology, a variety of musical compositions for use in the liturgy, as well as um, morality plays, a body of letters, and, and the works and the writings and volumes of material, the list goes on and on. So we, we get this. So this is the last clue. 609-493-8255. She was canonized a saint and made a doctor of the church by Pope Benedict XVI in October 2012. 609-493-8255. That's the number to call if you think you know who today's Saint of the Day is. 609-493-8255. Hmm. Uh, you know, what amazes me is that the, being born right before the, the year 1100, but it took till 2012 to be made a saint, yet volumes of work and theology that's books probably why <laughs> we they have all they that had to, to read through. all that exactly stuff. sure yes. go over okay we do have a caller let's see we're going to go to uh, line one hi you're on the air what's your name and where are you calling from uh 
my name is Arlene, and I am calling from Upper Freehold. Arlene from Upper Freehold. Okay, very good. And Arlene, what do you or who do you think our saint is today? I think your saint of the day is Saint Hildegard. Yes. Yes, that's right. It is. Oh, <laughs> oh, Very good, Arlene. I was waiting for. Oh, I probably shouldn't play that. It's Lent. That's right. Oh. We need to sing praise to you, Arlene. Very good, Saint Hildebar, Hildegard of Bingen. Mm-hmm. Right now, how did you know? Was that's there a, give, a giveaway clue for you, or do you have a special devotion to her? Um, I do not. My husband happens to be very familiar with her. So okay. Oh, very he good. Shared the information with me. Oh, All he right. did. Very good. good. What's your What's your parish over there in Upper Freehold? Uh, we go to Saint David the King in West Windsor. West, East Windsor. West, or West, 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 I think it's West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very oh, good. good. Well, you are correct, and uh, Saint Hildegard of Bingen is the correct answer. You've won today's Saint of the Day. I'm going to put you on hold, and Cheryl okay. will get on the phone and get some information from you. So you you hang on. Don't go away, Arlene. Okay. I will not. Thank uh, you very all much. All right. Thanks Great. for playing. Thank you. And friends, you stay where you are, and we'll be back with more Friday Live. Don't go away.
right, congratulations to Arlene from Upper Freehold. She is our winner today, Saint of the Day, uh, Saint Hildegard of Bingen. Bingen. Bing, Bingen. 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 Yeah. I Bingen. Have, I have a CD with a lot of um, her chants on there. It's very right. good, but it's, you know, your typical chant. But she was a recording artist as well. Oh, that's right. I mean, the list of what polymath. she has done. What's a polymath? Do <laughs> you have any idea? You said that in your clues. She was a, I know. She was a polymath. Uh, that one I have to look up. That's like when uh, Bill Maher was here the other day, and Bill. Very oh, he started talking scientific terms. He's a scientist. I said, "I'm communications. What do I know?" Creative <laughs> arts here. <laughs> what side of the brain is that? Yeah. Right. Oh my Different goodness. side of the brain. Though our polymath. It must be like several forms of math. Wouldn't that be right? Yeah. Many. Yeah. Our, our Joseph, our oldest son, he's an engineer, so he he'll know what polymath. He'll is. know what polymath is, and our daughter-in-law too. His wife is in a couple of engineers there. Somehow, I think it's not going to change my life if, if I know what polymath. No, is. yet our daughter Angela, they told her in high school, and you'll never take another math course in this school again. <laughs> <I know. laughs> they made her sign a contract. Good, didn't they? good job. <laughs> yeah. After her sophomore year, she was doing, and I guess they didn't want to give the school a bad name that somebody was failing math there, so they said, you know, if. She had to sign something. She had a sign that she would never take another math class. She was happy to sign it, yeah, but it was the <laughs> wackiest thing I ever heard. Uh, but today, yes. now with virtual education, who knows how this is all going to Here, Jim, all of his kids, his college kids, they're all virtually learning now. I know. Well, next door, they had two kids. Um, I think one was in college, but one was already out working. But they came home to be with the family, and everybody d- made their own little office. You know, somebody's at the kitchen table, somebody's in the basement, they have their bedrooms, and everybody's on the computer. I thought, oh, I'm waiting to see like smoke go up in the in the sky but you know you have to get your work done and people are working from home doing homework from home mm. that's just the way right we have now. it pretty good just you and me sitting home by ourselves playing candy land <laughs> i know we don't have to worry about anything else like that we're just <laughs> hanging out but as i, I think yesterday we were on a different time zone because we had breakfast we, we like to support some of the local businesses so we had breakfast delivered that's right but it was a little later but it was more like brunch <laughs> Because Angela, this is bad. Angela texted me. She said, "How are you guys doing?" I said, "Well, I said we're I, think, I, think we're in, I think we're I think we're in a different time zone because we just had breakfast." <laughs> but I was telling Arlene, I said, "I have to now be useful and do something more." That's it. I had one week to kind of be maybe not so productive. Although I love to clean, so the radio station and home is cleaner and neater than a pin. But now I have to come up with something else. So um, I set my alarm today at eight o'clock. I got up. I thought I need a schedule and. I wish now I could go to daily mass. I never could before because mm. of my work schedule. Right, right. Well, you could watch it on TV, though, right? Oh, and listen, we have right. it on 8 o'clock. Right. All right, we'll take a quick break. We're going to come back next hour. We're going to be uh, doing our gospel reading and reflection. The gospel reading this for the fifth Sunday of Lent already. And our reflection by our friend, Father Jim Grogan. And he's going to take a quick break and come back and join us at 530 uh, and talk about spiritual survival through all of this. Great. Father Jim's the pastor of the Nativity of Our Lord over in Fairhaven. So he'll be here uh, with us next hour. And how are you spiritually surviving, my friend? Six. Uh, doing some reading. The other night I read the whole book of Psalms. <laughs> the whole book, all 150 of them. That's a lot well, of psalms. I, I That's I'm a just, lot of psalming. <laughs> I thought I would just start it. And I was really getting into it. Well, See, so this for is everything. good for you. 609-493-8255. That's the number to text if you want to text on what you are doing spiritually. 609-493-8255. We'll take a quick break. Be back with more. Don't go away.
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. Would you like to find out more about parish events and devotions, prayer group and school activities in your area? Then check out the Catholic Community Bulletin Board on our website. You'll find up-to-date information about events happening throughout our listening area. Go to domesticchurchmedia.org slash catholicbulletinboard. If you have an event you'd like us to promote, you can post it there as well. Go to domesticchurchmedia.org slash catholicbulletinboard. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. Our family had been going through crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. In prayer, do not do all the talking. If you went into a doctor's office, you would not rattle off the symptoms and then rush out. How did you learn to speak the English language? You learned to speak by listening, did you not? How does a scientist learn the laws of nature? By imposing laws upon nature? No, he sits down passively before nature and says to nature, now you reveal to me your secrets. So we are not constantly to be yapping in prayer. Sacred scripture says, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. We often change that. And we say, Listen, Lord, thy servant speaketh. In prayer, therefore, we must not only speak, we must also listen. The people you know and trust are on EWTN.
Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating Hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. back another hour of friday live on this march 27th 2020 i'm jim and this is cheryl thanks for staying with us the last friday in march and four years ago it's hard to believe four years ago today mother angelica passed away i know it didn't seem that long ago i know it was easter it was easter sunday that's right that year and uh so next year it'll be her fifth year and at that point someone if they wanted could to could open, open the cause. cause for canonization right. so we'll pray about right. that uh, coming up this hour, we're going to do our gospel reading in just a moment. And then our reflection today is by our friend, Father Father Jim Grogan, pastor of Nativity Parish in Fairhaven. And uh, and then Jim, Father Jim will be back uh, at 530. He's going to talk about how we're spiritually surviving this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure he'll have great suggestions and uh, more music and just all kinds of stuff. So, But you can also text us. So let us know how you're spiritually surviving, or if you have any questions, or come. If you know what the, if you know what a polymath is, what I'd like to know what that <laughs> is too. Polymath, so give Hild- the number. I will. Hildegard was a was a poly was it just a, that was a title? She was a polymath. Six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. If you know polymath. Whatever the heck that is, let us know because we're a couple of liberal yes, arts Yes, that students. is the title. So you could call want someone a writer, a composer, a theologian. A polymath. She was a polymath. So she must have been familiar with many types of math. And how many could there have been in the year 1000? Didn't they call it arithmetic when she was? A... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we really have to know this now. 609-493-8255. We want the definition of polymath. But now we'll go to this Sunday's gospel reading and uh, the fifth Sunday of Lent. The Gospel reading uh, for this Sunday. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The sisters of Lazarus sent word to Jesus saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went on to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. 
Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise. Martha said, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. He became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you'll always hear me, but because of the crowds here I have said this, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to him, untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what he had done began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. St. Francis of Assisi, when he was nearing death, is recorded by his brother, friar, and biographer, Thomas of Solano, to have exhorted death, terrible and hateful to all, to praise God. How does this terrible and hateful death Praise God. Wouldn't you like to know what Francis meant by this? I think Martha and Mary in our gospel would like to know too. Did Jesus' delay in coming to visit his friends when their brother Lazarus was dying really contribute to praising God? St. Francis was also said to refer to sister death as he approached the final passage from this world into eternal life. As I prepare this homily, I'm powerfully aware of death, as two people very close to me receive hospice care from their families and care teams. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, Mary and Martha may have said, finally arrived, Jesus experienced human grief. We read the shortest verse in the Bible, and Jesus wept. One view of praising God is found in those simple three words. For us to know that Jesus, in his human nature, profoundly felt the depth of emotion and sorrow that we feel when a loved one is dying is a great comfort. At a deep emotional level, we respond with praise and thanksgiving to a God who is so tender, so close to his people that he cries with us. The canticle of Daniel, found in the Liturgy of the Hours, long troubled me. Fire and heat, praise the Lord. Cold and chill, praise the Lord. Mountains, springs, rain, snow, and dew, all praise the Lord, according to Daniel. 
None of these inanimate objects, even though created by God, could possibly praise the Lord, I would think. And then one day, perhaps the hundredth time I prayed that passage from Daniel, it hit me. These things don't praise God, but I can in my response to all of God's creation. It's my human reaction that praises God or turns away. And death, as Brother Francis so eloquently adopted as his sister, is also one of the elements of God's creation. Jesus told us, no one comes to the Father except through me. God is the creator of all things, visible and invisible. And nothing is quite shrouded in the invisibility as death. Because it is through that gate we are received by the Father. For men and women of faith, life is not ended with death, but changed. These days, facing the fears of the coronavirus, we confront part of God's creation which scares us and leads us to worry. This virus most certainly doesn't praise God, but our reaction to the virus, to societal changes, either praise God or rejects him. We choose to be like St. Francis and see this terrible and hateful virus as part of God's perfect balance of creation, or we choose to respond like Martha and Mary, Lord, if you had been here. The first approach takes courage and strength. The latter response, weighed down by our imperfect humanity, rejects hope and brings doubt to our hearts. Yet the countless acts of self-sacrifice we have seen in the face of this virus praise God. It is our response to God's creation that unites us to his perfect love in our broken humanity. Our imperfect love feels pain and grief at the death of a loved one. That tenderness and tears mirror Jesus when he ministered to Mary and Martha and gave Lazarus, for a time, a further earthly life. Jesus renews each of our human lives every day because he loves us. Because he loves us perfectly, he can't wait to embrace us for all eternity in heaven. So let us not hold too tight to this life, but to reflect with St. Francis about all creation, even sister death. Let us reflect on the perfect balance of God's creation, which gives us the chance to praise God as we respond selflessly, as we become Christ to one another.
Andrea Bocelli. That's yes. who that was? Andrea, Andrea yes. Bocelli. The soothing velvet tones of Andrea. Yeah, now he has gray hair, though. I know. See him, really? <laughs> and his son sings beautifully. You know what? We'll but, have to look up that song. It, but, for a while, it was being passed around. Absolutely beautiful. They did a duet or something? Yes. Mm. Mm. I'm just, you know, I'm going through, uh, as Andrea was singing his beautiful hymn there, um, I'm going through some Facebook things and, and just curious to see what's being said. And there's one, there's, you know, we and you really should get off social media. I think people <laughs> should get get the heck off of social media. I Stop know. watching the news. I think that it's, it's horrible. We were watching it last night, and we were watching Fox News, and I'm very surprised. I'm just very, very surprised those those statistics constantly, the increasing number of cases, the increasing number of deaths. And but then, it's not true because there have been so many more cases that are not reported. Well, that true, but also like here, this is a, a posting by a friend of mine, and he said, the posting says, 925 healed in Italy in the last 24 hours. No one's sharing this. Oh. And that's true. You're not seeing the recovery numbers. And right. as the Surgeon General said yesterday or a day or two ago, saying that 98 to 99% of the people who get the virus usually get a mild case and they recover. Right. Those who are passing away, and, and God forbid anyone, you know, passes away at, as a result of this, but those, they're the most vulnerable. We need to start giving the good news that people are getting better. Right. That is not as bad as, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say not as bad as the news is making it sound. Right. Well, I know someone personally now that has tested for it. And she said she never probably would have even gone to the doctor. She goes, I have very mild symptoms, mm -hmm. almost feels like allergies, could be a little cold. She goes, maybe I probably would not have even stayed home from work. But considering what is happening now, she did go get the test and it hasn't. She goes, you know what? But I guess the point that being said, if she had it, didn't know it, and went to someone who was in one of those vulnerable states. But there's right to pass it. There's yeah. ways to, you know. I I looked at I look back at the statistics of the swine flu that I don't even remember from 2009 2010 lasted an entire year, and it said in America over 12,000 people died from that. I don't remember that yeah, uh, because I, I think it didn't get the media coverage. The other thing too is there are so many platforms that did not exist back then. So now we're walking around w with the TV and the news and the media and all those other ways that I don't even understand constantly barraging us. Yeah. You know, the dings and rings go off and you check it or you sit at home and you have the large TV with multi channels on at the same time. That didn't exist back then. No. And I but again, I, I blame the media for a lot of what's happening. Yeah. You know, one of the programs we were watching last night, every time you took a break, they had a drone video of the starkness of the streets of New York, and no yeah. one's on it. There. Why are you showing that? Or going down into the subway, and it's like those um, films, you know, that the end of the world, cat catastrophic and movies. And it, it was like, it, this is a result of the coronavirus. No, it's a result of people's reaction to the coronavirus. <laughs> the virus didn't take the people off the streets literally, mm -hmm. you know, because they died, which is what the impression I think they're trying to give you is that if you get this thing, you're dead. Yeah. And and that's what's bothering me. So I, I'm encouraging people to get off the social media, get off. You know, you can watch the news in the morning one little bit, see what's going on, and then turn it off. Mm -hmm. And turn us on or do something Positive. joyful. All right, right. And like I said, I was chatting very briefly there with one art caller. And she said something positive. Yeah. You know. And that's why it's, and you know, today we were watching, well, you watched The Holy Father. You were home, right? You were watching it at home? I did watch it, I was yes. watching it here. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just reading again some, some, some postings on Facebook how, how touched 
people were by that. Yeah, you have to be. Because we've been to St. Peter's when it's, you know, with 70,000 people in it, and you just see St. Peter's Square completely empty except for the Holy Father in his, in his white garb, uh, praying for the whole world. And as the vicar of Christ, as, you know, I, I pictured our Lord there just all by himself, you know, and, and just praying to the Father on behalf mm. of the world. It's um, so interesting, too, like we're entering into the last week of Lent soon to hit Passion Sunday and um, Good Friday. And it's it's just, it can't be a coincidence that, you know, to look at it from the spiritual realm that this is happening now. And mm-hmm. I just hope people really are sensing the barrenness or maybe, you know, feeling a little bit of the sacrifice and it, I don't know. It's it hasn't been hard, you know. The, the the stores have what you need. I'm not feeling. I feel like I'm not feeling enough. What is the word? You know. Well, I'm getting more frustrated. And then again, yeah. we need to follow the guidelines. Do what they tell you to do. Keep your social distancing. Wash your hands. You know. Practice good hygiene. Uh, you know. What's the other thing? Uh, social distancing. You're mm-hmm. the uh, six yeah. feet apart. You know. Right. Uh, self-isolation, all well and good. You know, that's going to flatten the curve. Although I haven't seen that curve. No, they haven't really That curve, that. you know, have you seen that curve on any te- television report to see how if it's flattening out or not? Mm. I haven't seen it. I'm wondering what happened to the curve. Yeah. You know, it's it's the, the, the media can be so manipulative that they can convince people of, of anything. And I think they've convinced people that this virus, for as, as contagious as it is and as horrible as it is, uh, it's not going to kill you. It, it will. It will. A few, you know, pers- you know, uh, uh, one. I think one point two percent of the people who get it, mm-hmm. and that's as you said earlier, only of the known. You know, the, the percentage of the known uh, mm-hmm. people. Uh, you know, cases. There are probably they're saying now many, many, many more people who have it or had it had it in December, and they're yeah. not in those numbers. So that right. that that death rate is going to continue to drop. Yeah. Uh, comparatively, so it's, but we continue to pray. You know, stay focused on all that truly matters, and and pray it away. Mm. So, anyway, that's me on my. And this gorgeous box. weather will maybe help some of that too. It isn't it. Yeah, there was like, a lady in our neighborhood today with a mask on, walking her dog. Right there. There's no, there's not another soul in sight. Yeah. No, you don't have to do that. The air is clean and fresh. I have to tell Unless you, someone drove by and sneezed at you or and something, yeah, and opened their window and no. But so early this morning, I did get up and I went to Joanne Fabrics as you heard or maybe read somewhere that they're giving out the uh, pre-cut fabric and a pattern that you can make these masks and donate to your local medical facility or hospital that, you know, do it at home. And um, so there was just one other lady there before me. I thought, oh boy, I I hope I get one. There's going to be so many people. It was just me and another woman and we waited for the store to open. They had a table there with plenty of supplies. But as we went to go in and I was keeping my distance, she turned around and she said, stay away from me. I thought, oh. The lady said that? Yeah. I said, I just felt so bad because she was sincerely, stay away from me. I said, I'm keeping my distance. You should have (laughs) Okay. <laughs> then I thought, you know, I know I need a haircut. I didn't have my, I just got up. Yikes. But I, I wasn't a monster. Oh Stay my. away from me. Oh, my. So I just really feel, <laughs> you know, St. Francis, um, bring some peace in all of this. Let people be not afraid, the Holy Father no, don't says. Be don't be don't afraid. Don't be afraid. And try to find some peace. But the positivity will give you that peace and calm. 
I, I didn't tell or my listen to us. Stay stay no, away. I did. I didn't have a chance. Stay or play Candyland. You know what? Go back to your childhood. Mm. Stay away from me. Uh, okay, so we're still trying to, try, trying to find out what a polymath is. Uh, Saint uh, Hildegard of Bingen was a polymath. Poly, P O L Y M A T H. I'm going to look it Let's up right here now. Six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. Text me right now <laughs> if you know what a polymath is. Six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. St. Hildegard of Bingen was a polymath, one of her many skills. What makes someone a polymath? Here we go. I I Googled it. You should text me. A polymath is a person. Oh, you want me to text you or read it? No, just tell me what it is. (laughs) All this technology. A polymath is a person who excels across a diverse range of areas, also known as Renaissance men, or in this case, Renaissance woman. The term was used to refer to the numerous great thinkers that lived during that time So it doesn't period. mean she knew a lot of math. It really had nothing to do I with wonder math. I wonder what the, the math, the derivative of, of the math would be. The poly, I understand, but, yeah. but math. Intellectual, social, artistic, physical pursuits, so, and she did. So we're a couple of polymaths, then. <laughs> we, we know, uh, we can do They it. know a lot about subjects. You always say, well, you know. Right? Ask Dad. He knows everything. Yeah. <laughs> Ask who? Oh, Ask oh, Dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dad, yeah, yeah. He knows, or at least he'll Well, didn't one time we had, many years ago, a friend, friend of the parish we were in, somebody said to me, isn't there anything you can't do? <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you can't do? But I see, said, it many comes, things I can't do. It comes from Greek, and it's spelled M-A-T-H-E-S. So oh. that's not, although in, in the periodical, and in many of this, it's M-A-T-H, but it does come from the Greek word which had an e after it, and that literally translates having learned much. Oh, okay. So like people who go on Jeopardy are polymaths. I would say that is a modern right. day polymath. Okay. I think that is safe hmm. to say. You could possibly. What was your? What was? What was the most advanced math class you took? Oh, you're gonna laugh at this. Algebra one. So we took algebra one in freshman year. Right. Then it was geometry was sophomore year. High oh, school. I did. I did take it back. I did have geometry. And then algebra two. Was, I did not take algebra, algebra two, two, and I didn't get to trig. Oh, I never took trig. That scared uh, me. Would? It scared me. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like some kind of algebra. Problem. I don't want to go there. <laughs> but um, trigonometry. But I think I did it do algebra two, and it was it was a mess. Oh, I did not mess. do that well in algebra one. Geometry, like breezed right through it so i don't know how that is it do you know who musical? the father of geometry is this i do this it's a fact the father of modern geometry you know his name no euclid euclid yeah well good for him euclid must have been a polymath <laughs> he was no maybe, no maybe he was a so so solo math he only knew geometry <laughs> yeah, that's right. euclid no as far i went to algebra two but then it was like i think it, it was horrible but you know you do learn a, a lot from jeopardy Oh sure, Jeopardy. That? Sure, yeah. I, you know, I, I I I wouldn't survive on Jeopardy though. Those people are like no, really, but you can if you they're really, really polymaths. Yeah, you have to know a little bit about everything. Actually, a lot about everything. The questions are not that hard. Oh yes, I they mean, are. The, I'm excuse me. The questions are very are hard. They're not some very of the easy. some of like like I mean, when they get to certain topics, it's like I, I just I can't even listen. It's, I know. It hurts my brain. Yeah, but there are people who, I mean, they're whizzes. You know? So take this time. Now, Jim's been on his app. He's learning Italian. I started learning Duolingo. sign language. Yeah, I'm Duolingo. learning sign language. 
I read the psalm, the book of Psalms. Now maybe I could sing through the book of Psalms. You know, there's so many song you should, settings. You should take your time with those psalms, though, instead of just reading through all 150 oh, I know. of them. I'll go back to it. I was looking for something in particular. That's why it was so like— if you do evening and evening and, and uh, morning and evening prayer like you'll I do, get through you them. get through those psalms. Yeah. This was there. a speed-reading method of mm. the book of psalms. Yeah. No, that's, but I know I know them very well only because, because every Sunday I right, sing them. You're singing them, sure. Yeah. And I notice now here's just a point. I'm just tossing this out there. The Pope had his music. He didn't get rid of his musicians. I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just making a point here. He didn't but, see them though. No, they, so they must have been inside and somebody was like I'm trying to think that St. Peter's doesn't have a loft. Where's the organ? No, they would be. Where's the organ at St. Peter's? Is it up I think it is up there. Is there a loft up there? I well, believe there is. We've only gone to mass all the way in the back, which was the smaller. Chapel. No, we were there. For, we were there for the uh, the. Uh, but the muse, well, yeah, the, the organ Father. was in the back. But the the singers and the school and the choir was conclave, off conclave, front. conclave mass. Yeah, we were there. but they were up front. They were up front. Yeah, but the organ's in the back. Right, right. But then in the chapel in the back, the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, the organ was off to the side, beyond the main as altar. As you're looking at the altar, you know, to to your left. With the um, school, you had to go around there. the main altar to get to the to the mm-hmm. where we went to mass. Right, little right. chapel right. behind. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But All I right. want to go back, and now is I think I think no. Listen, I think this is what we should do because if if we're eligible, we probably are eligible to get some of that, uh, some of that that um, the Donald the Trump money, funds, the, the, the money that's coming out. <laughs> we, could, we were talking last night at well, like we don't really need it. We're going to yeah. donate it, but uh, I thought the other thing we do is go to Italy. Yes. When it all gets better and support because the Italian they, right? Yeah, how are they going to come back? They were hit very, very hard. So we need to support their economy. Well, sure. I think that's the only proper prayerful thing to do. I think so. <laughs> uh, when it comes, if it comes. Uh, but I think I think we're eligible. Uh, all right, so let's take a break. Father Jim Grogan is going to be here to tell us how to spiritually survive this situation. Don't go away, friends. There's more to come on Friday Live.
I bet you never had intro music like that before. Did you, Father Jim? <laughs> That's a lot of intro. <laughs> we That's brought a the, lot of intro there, friends. We brought the whole orchestra <laughs> you in here for you. got to live up to you. that now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I'm on the phone, because you had, you had to have room for all of those pieces and the timpanis and everything exactly. right in there in the studio. There exactly. you go. Father Jim Grogan, pastor of Nativity Parish in Fairhaven. Welcome. Uh, thanks for your, your gospel, beautiful gospel reflection earlier in the program, and happy to have you on uh, now. And uh, how are you surviving? Uh, we're doing well. Um, but we're doing well in very strange, very different times. Mm-hmm. 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 And this... Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's just a, a different way to be church and to be present to one another when you're present electronically and sometimes cannot be present physically. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, because uh, that's the, this is the issue, obviously, people are having. You know, you hear so many people, I'm, I'm sure you've heard from people who say they just they, they, they so much miss going to, to Mass, so much miss going to the sacraments, especially the Eucharist. Um, what what are you know? Obviously, you know when people say uh, you know how's your Lent? The Lord really gave us uh, a lot to give up this year. Um, how 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 are you suggesting people deal with this? Well, I have taken to calling this time uh, instead of a plague, calling it a pilgrimage. Mm. Uh, and part of that is because I really see that this extremely different way of our lives is opening up um, new opportunities to meet Christ, uh, to meet Christ in, in sacraments. You know, so, for example, the, uh, the missing the Eucharist, um, it, it's, it's painful to people. And there are so many people that you know, were daily communicants, uh, or uh, at least every week they were coming to Mass, and that even those doors are closed to them at this point. And, and for many of them, that deeply hurts them in their relationship with God. We introduced the whole realm of spiritual communion, which is an ancient tradition of the Church, and people have to, in essence, in real time, be taught, what does that mean? What does it mean to open up my heart to desire that union with Jesus? Uh, and so we, we do that, and, uh, and we begin to teach people what that means in their lives, in their relationship with God. A very interesting point in our parish here, um, we have been uh, live-streaming our daily Mass and uh, had a wonderful feedback from one of the parishioners who was listening to it, who uh, sent me a text message later. He was somebody who had my cell phone number, and it says, uh, you really need to remember to say that prayer at communion for spiritual communion. Uh, and I immediately responded, like, what great feedback. I was so, so grateful that he offered that. Uh, and so starting the next day, we make sure that in that communion time where I am remarkably blessed, it really is touching me. It reminds me of the remarkable blessing that as a priest that I am physically receiving the Eucharist. But it reminds me to very deeply at that point invite people to pray for that spiritual communion and to pray with them that they have that same union. And, and I wouldn't have thought to add that in to the structure of how we're live streaming the Mass it wasn't for the wonderful feedback of someone who had been watching and said, hey, it's good, but you need to tell us about this. Mm-hmm. I appreciate those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Father, are you, you know, you mentioned you're televising the daily Mass on your uh, Sunday Masses. Are you adding music in the background? Do you have your organist coming in or something? or just, just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's funny you ask. Um, last Sunday... You know, uh, we were getting ready for that. Uh, I was getting ready for that. I shouldn't say we. I was getting ready for that. I said, 
have to do something to make Sunday different. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so I brought my own guitar out. Oh, you did? Uh, oh, fabulous. So we did an opening, uh, an entrance hymn, and a post-communion hymn. Mm-hmm. Um, and the post-communion hymn was actually going to be a recessional. And while I'm saying Mass, it occurred to me, it's like, you know, we need to finish this with the uh, the blessing at the end of Mass. And, you know, it's not I'm not walking out anywhere. So the hymn that I had selected made perfect sense just shift that into saying this is just a uh, uh, a uh, a hymn after communion, mm-hmm. you know, a meditation hymn, and then we had the the final blessing. Uh, but it, it, I, it something in me said I have to make Sunday mass different from the daily mass, right? Uh, and, and that became a, you know, sort of my way of doing it. It has changed um, over the course. So when we began this. Um, I guess we're going back a week now, uh, a week and a few days, uh, when you know it was Monday a week ago that we said uh, daily mass in the normal fashion, and then churches needed to be uh, all masses private. Uh, and of course, Tuesday we had all set up. We had some cameras uh, in church that were for remote view of the church when there'd be few funerals or weddings. Um, and which one out of the four cameras we had, which one didn't work that morning when I walked in? Mm-hmm. Of course, it's the one shining, uh, projecting onto the altar. <laughs> so that day there was no live streaming. Right. Uh, by the next day, it turned out to be a, be a blessing because we moved another camera from a different area of the building in there, and we were able to bring it right up to the altar. Mm-hmm. And so that became sort of the experience to say, what can we add? Uh, and... I was speaking to my brother, who's a priest in the Philadelphia Archdiocese, um, on on Tuesday evening, and we both said, you know, he was not live streaming; he was just saying the mass privately. He said, "This is the weirdest experience of our priesthood, mm. uh, you know, to, to not have a congregation there." And I said, "Yeah, well, mine is this little thing about the size of a baseball with a green pulsing light on it. That's my congregation. <laughs> right. That's very strange." Right, right, right. But after about three days, you get used to it. You yeah. say, "Okay, this is." This is where I'm going to be able to share the Word of God, mm-hmm. to share the prayers of Eucharistic prayer. Uh, and what happened for me, anyhow, is that after about three days, I said, okay, this is working. What else? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we added, uh, starting this week, we added at 10 a.m. on the same link, the same camera, um, Lectio Divina. Mm. That's done at 10 o'clock to 10 to 10.20. Uh, which incorporates music, because uh, that's the way I do Lectio in a, in a retreat setting, which I've been doing for years, uh, to take the, the the passage of Scripture that you'd be reflecting on, and instead of a third voice, have the, the composer's view of interpreting that, that Scripture passage. So we added that. Uh, and then the day after that, um, we added, when we closed down the Eucharist at, at noontime, the Eucharistic Adoration, which begins right after Mass and continues to noon, um, added to pray the Angelus together. Uh, all of this on the live stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it's been a function of what, how can we take advantage of this to add to the dimension. And frankly, I think that the feedback I've gotten from a number of parishioners is that there's there's new experiences coming out of this that would not have been imagined. Right. I mean, can you just imagine putting it in the bulletin every day at noon, you know, we're going to pray the Angelus or, or come on certain days for the 10 a.m. Lexio Divina. Uh, would people really, really come? But look at how 
they're they're tuned in already. Why not? You're enriching the lives, and as you say, they're you're bringing new experiences to them that otherwise they might not have partaken in. You're so right, Cheryl. Uh, you know, in uh, there's many of the parishioners in my neighborhood here who commute into Manhattan, and uh, mm-hmm. Manhattan being shut down, you know, they were used to leaving the house at 5:30 in the morning to go right. to work, to take the ferry or the train or the bus, whatever they're they're heading in on. Um, and now they're working from home, and they're some of them are with their children. Mm. Uh, I've, I've gotten pictures of people as they've attended mass with their children, uh, the kids in the pajamas, uh, you know, and so there's actually a bigger congregation in a sense now than before. Uh, I'm sure not everyone who did daily mass is able to get in the live stream. There, we've had a few technology challenges, and there will be more. Mm-hmm. We learned that the, the cameras that we have. Uh, work for, well for live streaming, but not for recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so consequently, we have a we have a new camera that's on its way that should arrive next week that will allow us to also record. Uh, and people who don't like Mass at 8 o'clock um, will be able to play that over the uh, the YouTube channel uh, you know, later in the day. The other thing that, that occurred to me um, is just, you know, we had uh, just one Mass on Sunday. Uh, and this become adding a second one. And it really was a function of, you know, we used to have four masses, between one on Saturday, three on Sunday. Uh, and the petitions that are offered at those masses, uh, with the, the bishop has indicated that it's appropriate to combine some of them, but I didn't want to combine all of them. Right. So instead of combining four petitions, uh, intentions into one mass, uh, I opted to say, well, that also accommodates our parishioners to have a, an 8 o'clock Mass on Sunday at a 9.30. Mm. Yeah. And it's not like it's a difficult thing for me to do. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, So I'm finding myself, as we continue down this pilgrimage, mm. uh, adding things, uh, as opposed to saying, what are we, uh, how limited are we? We're, we're, we're becoming less limited as we get further into it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Father, again, we're talking with Father Jim Grogan, pastor of Nativity Parish in Fairhaven here in New Jersey. Uh, Father, what about, you know, that? and that's that's wonderful that that's made, being made available to your parishioners and anybody who can get your stream, and I know other parishes are doing the same, but what about people who are home and, and you know, they, maybe they've watched the Mass or they've listened to the Mass and, okay, now I'm home. Are you, are you suggesting things that people can do, again, on a spiritual level, uh, and I love the, the, the concept of, of pilgrimage, uh, to, to work their way through this? It's, it's, it can be very difficult. People aren't used to this. Um, and they're just, it's, everybody seems out of sorts. So what might you suggest on a spiritual level for people to consider doing to help them get through this? Sure. You know, uh, the depth of prayer is important. And um, in the face of this scourge that is the, the, the virus, uh, people are praying more. Okay. There, there's no question in my mind. There's people I'm talking to who you know, I've had people come and schedule to have the sacrament reconciliation, which I only do outdoors in the in the stations in the woods, but at our parish, so we have social distancing. Um, and I say, you know, I'll schedule them any time, weather permitting. Right. <laughs> Not going to yeah. sit out there in the rain and and uh, expect people to come out. Right. Um, but that depth of prayer is important. Uh, I literally yesterday created a new uh, Facebook group. Um, that uh, the title of the group is Viral Prayers, uh, and it's inviting people. It began with the people who are in my parish, who uh, I had a connection through Facebook. 
it's inviting them to write prayers and post them up there, or to post the name of someone that needs prayers. Uh, and the instructions that I had given, which are not fully carried out yet, because it's you know not it's only 24 hours old, was encouraging people to write these prayers together. Have at least two people put the work together to create the prayers. I think that that's creating a you know uh, within a family setting. I, I look forward very much so to seeing the prayers that uh, uh, a parent and a child, for example, would compose, or a grandparent and a child. Um, what would that prayer look like? Uh, invited them if they have the children want to draw a picture related to that. You know that they can scan that and put it in. Where did that come from? Well, we have a wonderful connection between our Sunday liturgies and our religious education program, which also is being done remotely, you know, and the parents are basically homeschooling and teaching the children from the books, from the uh, the online links uh, to the publishers of the books. But part of that program is each week the children would write a petition that they would, you know, just drop in the collection basket when it came by, and then we would see these petitions of who are they praying for? Uh, and, you know, it might be praying for a grandparent who's sick. It might be praying for uh, for children throughout the world. Um, the one that I posted on our website was a child simply said, I'm praying for the babies who are born sick. Mm. A beautiful sentiment. Right. Uh, but now that we're not going in church, what happens to those petitions? So this viral prayers uh, group within Facebook is create, created an outlet for people to continue praying for one another and continue to bring those prayers forward. And uh, the prayers that have been offered there so far, mostly by the uh, the grown-ups in the in the audience as it were, uh, have been beautiful. Uh, have really been heartfelt of people saying, "I'm going to pray. I want to share this with others." So it's a way to keep, in essence, a community spirit going, even when we're forced to be distanced from people. And I think it's going to help people realize how important that community is. You know, we've all spoken with somebody and on our journey of life that says, I, I don't really need church. You know, it's between me and God. I can pray to him. I can talk to him mm-hmm. wherever I am, on my couch. But we see and we're missing and we're yearning for the day when we can all be in church together hearing, you know, three, five hundred people raising their voices in with the Lord's Prayer or with a hymn. Exactly. Exactly. And we will get back to those days. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Bishop on uh, just a week or so ago, or was it Monday? Monday, yeah. Um, and he spoke so much, which he said to other to us as a priest, he said, this is not the new normal, this is temporary. And it certainly is temporary. Yeah. Um, you know, and when we get back to new normal, uh, it's going to be some of what we had before, but it will also expand things. So that, that's the reason why I invested from our parish, you know, in these days when you know, people aren't in church. The collections are down. Um, everybody's going to see how does that play out. But so why buy a new camera? Well, because when this is done in in a month or three months or whatever the time period is, there will be some people who will benefit from having that ministry done remotely. Yes. People who are shut in, who are independent of the coronavirus, people who are just senior citizens who can't get out. Right. Um, and being able to say, hey, if the technology works now, uh, why not keep using it to some degree? Mm-hmm. Right. Transition. And, and right. The, the, the curious thing for me is that the cameras that we use for it, um, we'd actually put them in place now almost two years ago. Uh, and I would give the link out to it very privately, very individually. Don't don't share this with anybody else kind of messaging. You know, it's all mm-hmm. the messianic secret. Don't tell anybody <laughs> about this. Um 
but we had the technology there. And, and the reason I didn't want to publicly share it at the time was I didn't want people to say, oh, well, you know, I can just watch Mass on TV. Right. I don't actually right. have to get up. And right. uh, So I was reluctant that. But now we've been forced in a situation that people are observing Mass and participating in the sacrament uh, remotely. That's right. So we're already there. And now so to me it says, well, it doesn't hurt to say, well, then when we come back, uh, we're going to have to do something big to make sure people come back and, and celebrate in the pews with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there will be some who are getting ministered to now that we missed before, mm-hmm. who were homebound, who didn't have the link, right. who now are getting it shared to them. I, I know my link is being viewed uh, you know, by several parishioners who are snowbirds in Florida, mm-hmm. uh, by family members of mine who are in Buffalo, New York, right. uh, through different places and different times. Uh, and so the Church has gotten bigger yeah. uh, in the middle of this uh, closing the doors. Mm-hmm. In some a... very real sense, we ha- we are getting bigger, and we have a we have a bigger audience. We have a message that we need to we will ha- we'll be held accountable to say we want to continue that. Mm-hmm. Father, before we go though, we're running out of time here. Maybe give that link because people want to know what it is. Some parishes are not equipped or don't have the tech savvy, you know, to do this. So if, if you don't mind, we can give that not out. Not a problem. Yeah. The, the easiest way to share that link with people is to direct them to our parish website, which is nativitychurchnj.org. That's nativitychurchnj.org. You have to leave the NJ or else you get a Lutheran church. Okay. Um, <laughs> Aha, it's a trick. <laughs> oh, those sheep stealers. <laughs> yeah, but then right on right on the website, uh, there's just a link for it. I, I can't Good. give you the link itself. Right. It's, That's you know, okay. Yeah. It's a, a 19 digits of cryptic, you know, upper yes, and lowercase yes, letters. Indeed, and it's uh-huh. like, yeah, I can't remember that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so just go to the website and you can get the link there. Uh, and you click on that, and the camera's uh, basically live 24 hours a day. Uh, when we close down the Eucharistic Adoration being done in the Monstrance, uh, we then refocus the camera simply on the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd be one light on on the tabernacle throughout the night. Uh, the next morning, you can tell when I've opened the doors and snuck in and uh, the locked church, because the lights go up, the camera gets moved, and we get ready for Mass. Um, so uh, it, it's it's a very low low-budget studio operation, one camera, and mm-hmm. uh, I am both the uh, the priest and the one who has to do the stage crew and position the camera. There you go. <laughs> and the musician. I, I, nothing but, <laughs> and nothing the but positive <laughs> feedback from the people who have had the chance to share that link with others. God bless you. Uh, and, and I also would say there are many, many places that, that have yes. similar technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the monitor uh, was wonderful in listing places where people can get mass at different times. Right. Um, a lot of parishes can do it in the uh, in the noon mass or do multiple masses mm-hmm. a day. Uh, all of those are good. Yeah. There's um, the, the, our limitation that we can't record it uh, means that if you want to go to mass here, say damn. Okay. Um, right. With the new camera, we'll maybe have some other options. There. In the meantime, if somebody wants to sleep in, they want to they, they work a different shift and they want to do mass at noontime. You know, I know the Co-Cathedral has Mass in the middle of the day, and mm-hmm. other places do have their own schedules as well. So uh, I do encourage people, take advantage of that. We are we may not be able to go to church, but we are not, absolutely not, separated from participating in Mass. That's right. Um, it, it's a, it would be a feeble excuse with how many places I know. Uh, there's probably 20 different parishes just in the Diocese of Trenton that, mm-hmm. are, that are doing it. Right. You know, let right. alone uh, the Internet takes you anywhere in the world. That's right. Exactly. Um, That's right. So to say I can't get to Mass, we have far more opportunities now than we did a week ago. That's mm-hmm. right. 
Well, Father Jim Grogan, we want to thank you for being with us. And would you, because again, these opportunities are not, uh, you know, around for most people. Would you give us your blessing before you leave us today? It'd be my pleasure. And I think in this electronic age, it carries just as much here as when I do mass. So use the same blessing you use at the end of every celebration of the Eucharist. Uh, the Lord be with you and, and with, with your, your spirit. spirit. And may Almighty God bless you and all those you love. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let us continue to witness the gospel in our very lives. Thanks be to God. Be to God. Thank you, Father. Thank God you. bless you. Keep up the great work, and we'll be in touch, all right? Awesome. Thank God you. Okay, bye. All right, friends, and you stay where you are. We'll be back with more in just a minute. Don't go away. This is our late Father Andrew Small, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. A Lenten Reflection. Some say that we're no deeper than what's carved into us. It's love with all its labors that merits such a fuss. But I would add a little sad. It's only half the cup. What also makes us deeper is what we've given up. It's a lesson from the missions. to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, visit our website at onefamilyandmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice in word and witness, we're all part of this one family in mission. All right, welcome back. Just a couple seconds before we have to head on out of here, mm-hmm. but uh, thanks to Father Jim for his uh, wonderful words and doing great things. I think it's also teaching pastors new ways to pastor. I know. (laughs) That's exactly right. You know, I mean, they have to be creative. It's not like, okay, see, in two months, it's like, you got to keep these people pastored. That's right. And even for themselves, their own mission here. You know, how how can I do this considering what I have to work with? That's right. But pretty creative. That's right. And again, friends, you know, you can keep it right here 24-7, and we'll do the best we can to feed you uh, spiritually and all the many broadcasts that we bring you. Uh, Catholic Answers Live is coming up next. And then, of course, we're going to rebroadcast the Mass. So if you didn't uh, get a chance to go to Mass yet, 7 o'clock right here on these domestic church media stations. Uh, We're going to head on out, and uh, I'm believing that Bruce will be here Monday for his um, Come to the Throne program. If he can't be here live, we'll work something out. Okay. But uh, I'm assuming he will. Well, And I'll be here Tuesday, God willing. Keep forging ahead, friends. Keep praying, and uh, we'll make it through. Have a great weekend. God bless you. God bless you.